0: Good morning and welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone and my guest today is Sharon Tiger. For those of you that are joining for the first time, Recipe for for Success, easy for me to say, focuses on the unique techniques, ingredients um, that people use to be successful in life and business. Um, Part of the reason I started focusing on this was because I have a a huge love of cooking, and I started to realize very quickly that there was always one key ingredient or technique that was really critical to the outcome of any given recipe or dish. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized it was very true in life and business as well. So for the last three to four months, I've really put my focus and spotlight on women and women who are doing wonderful things in life and in business. And so I'm so happy to have Sharon join me today. She is um, a tireless advocate for many things, but um, before we dive into all those, I would love to have Sharon introduce herself, tell us a little bit about her background and what she's doing today. Oh,
1: well, thank you so much, Nancy. And I I really appreciate being included in, the, in that group. That's um, really an honor, so thank you. Um, Let's So, background on me: uh, I am an identical twin. I'm one of four. I was raised by a single mom who uh, raised the four of us on, I think, it was twenty-two thousand dollars a year. So, oh, wow. I, I, um, I think I credit some of my uh, strength and resilience to my mom. She went to school at night, and uh, while we, you know, we, and got a great career out of it. Um, but raised us to be independent and emphasized creativity, and it was her who landed me a job in the nail room of an insurance company when I was 13. Because <laughs> we were a family surviving, we all there was no uh, lackadaisical summers for us. So right. um, I worked in every department of an insurance company, and uh, when I landed in marketing and sales, I think I found my calling. Uh, I found my people. And uh, I love connecting and helping. And so where I am today through, you know, growing up in the benefits industry is really, I honed my sales coaching and um, marketing skills and started to deploy that. While I launched my consulting business in 2020 of March, or March, 2020, and uh, started to deploy that across other industries. And I love it. I love the variety and I get to work with some awesome companies. One that I'm working with now has a mission that just really resonates with me, which is to make work better for everyone. Um, so it's, it's just been fun.
0: That's awesome. Well, um, for our audience that may or may not be listening live, Sharon and I, we were just talking about this. We've never actually had a one-on-one conversation together. Most of our interaction has either been in a group setting or via various LinkedIn conversations and posts. Um, but one thing I want to point out is that we don't always agree. So I'm, that's one thing that I really like to have people come on with different perspectives because um, Sharon does it, always points things out with a really, um, with kindness, with respect. And I think that's what, I think we're missing a lot of that in today's society is we're afraid to disagree because everybody takes it as a personal attack. And I think disagreeing is healthy because it gives us, um, it gives us an opportunity to see other people's points of view. I tend to look at things often through the lens of a business owner and Sharon, although she is now also a business owner, tends to look at things through the lens of an employee or a workforce. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me a little bit about, about that, about, you know, where you're coming from. Well,
1: first of all, I want to say, I think it's great that we can agree to disagree or have different perspectives because I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, there's nothing better than being able to understand someone else's perspective and to be able to do that without villainizing someone. So I I appreciate that very much. Um, I just, I think I'm a real, real empath. And um, I, I I think that I have a way of being able to see it. I I guess I've spent most of my Time as an employee, so I'm very empathetic to some of the the things that happen um, as an employee. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges, maybe, that employees are facing that I can relate to, and I think pretty much everybody can relate to nowadays, is what I call empathy fatigue, <laughs> um, burnout, zoom out, and um, you know, I was, I, I'm kind of going off subject here. Well, but,
0: that's a, that's and, all the better. <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I guess I'm just thinking from an employee perspective. Some of the things or challenges that they're facing. And um, I was on a call this week with a client, and it was their whole company. And one of the th- questions that was posed was, "What do you hope for in 2022?" And across the board, every single person was at, saying that they wanted inner peace, some calm, inner and outer peace, and calm. And that included me. And I think, from an employee perspective. We're all just dealing with so much and finding time to take care of yourself um, is becoming exponentially harder. You know, a lot of the coping mechanisms that we have of getting together with friends that's been taken away with the pandemic, even getting together in person with your mental health professional that's been sidelined. So I think employees right now, we're really struggling to manage life and manage everything that's going on and to be able to keep up and adapt to what's happening in the business world at warp speed. So I'm just empathetic to, to what employees are, are feeling and enduring and going through, and they're doing a great job.
0: <laughs> so these- that, that, are you, I love that you touched on this because it was actually kind of where I was gonna go next as far as what is some of the biggest challenges that employees are currently facing. So that's kind of your life challenge. What do you think that, what's your biggest challenge in the workplace? I
1: think uh, feeling a sense of belonging, feeling heard, feeling valued uh, is probably one of the biggest challenges in their workplace right now.
0: So, you know, again, because I'm going to come at it from the from the standpoint mm-hmm. of an, an employer, and I agree with you, um, so no disagreement there. <laughs> but what what I've started to notice because I don't have a big company. I have seven employees. We're, we're small, but we were distant for, so we were distant for quite a long time and we were working in our own little silos. And I don't think it was as good for us as people thought it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we're coming back together, it's definitely more of a sense of team and Mm -hmm. a sense of, you know, all for one and a common goal. And while I have no um, disrespect for work for home, from home or anything else, I don't think it's right for all jobs. And I mm-hmm. think in certain circumstances, it is exacerbating some of those feelings of aloneness that you, that you touched on. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think, I think work from home um, feels harder right now. Um, and I do think you know some of the things that I've learned through my work this past year is um, what you mentioned that the everything has to be so intentional when you're working remote. And so some of that connect connection starts to get missed. or the fact that you have to be so intentional, the interdepartmental communications and any functions that typically there was some friction, I think that friction got worse because, the connection in your immediate team tightened up and you just kind of became this uh, a siloed operating unit and so learning to navigate remote work and to be able to like cross-pollinate collaborate across different departments and functions it's it's uncomfortable and it's harder right now but i think that there is an opportunity to get better at it and and make it work um that's just my opinion. I, I mean, being in person, I'm a people person. I'm an extrovert. I love to to get together with people. So I I can also understand and sense what you're saying about um there isn't anything
0: like it. There there really isn't. And and like sure. I say, no. I, and I I think maybe we're gonna find at some point a a hybrid approach where we where there's where it's not. I mean, if you're a if you're a independent sales rep and you're located, you know, not near a home office or anything. Of course you're used to that that's what you do but when you're we're used to working in a collaborative team environment mm-hmm. I, I i just think it presents more challenges um mm-hmm. just from a communication standpoint if nothing else but um yeah so yeah. so again let's talk about that a little bit more so we heard all this noise flack about the great resignation and about how Terrible employers were, and blah 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 blah. And mm-hmm. I think that they that they tend to get lumped into the same bucket. So mm-hmm. if you're an employer, a small employer, maybe you have less than twenty employees, or you're not to have, you do not have the same challenges, opportunities, or flexibility that it, that an employer of a hundred employees has or twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. So, um, what would you say would be um, What would be your advice to a smaller employee as far as really being able to accommodate employee needs and concerns and still effectively run a business?
1: Um, I guess I think a couple things. I think, you know, for a long time, it was about the the perks that you can provide as an employer. And of course, the larger the company, the deeper the pockets, the more perks. But really what I think we've learned uh, throughout the pandemic is that no one really cares about your perks. (laughs) They don't care about your ping pong table. They don't care about your free lunch. Um, I'm going to go back to that whole sense of belonging and feeling included. And so I think what, what employers should be striving to do right now is to be that rare gem that creates an environment and learning the skills to create the environment, to have an inclusive, collaborative environment where people feel they belong, where they feel heard, where they feel valued, where they understand how important their role is into the success of the mission of the company. Um, Yeah. And just be human. Yeah. Be human. Be kind. I have a friend, Robert Shear. He runs a nonprofit called Comfort Cases, really great nonprofit that helps um, foster kids. They they give them suitcases with belongings so that they're not going from home to home with their things sure. and trash. And he says, uh, "Be a good human." And of course, someone's at my door, so I'm going to put my headphones on because I'm having furniture delivered today, sure. and of I've waited since um, March. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, just. Be a good human, you know. Um, listen. Take time to listen and bend where you can. You know, be flexible where you can. I, I've always come from a place of assume good intent, and when you can say yes, say yes.
0: Well, I love that. So, so then let's flip the lens and talk about employ the employee from the employee perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of stress on employers that employees yeah. may not understand. Um, huge stress from getting things done to new technologies, to financial situations and and everything else that goes along with that. But I do truly believe that employment should be a win-win situation. I believe that the employee needs to win and the employer needs to win. It should be mutually beneficial. Everybody Mm -hmm. is getting what they need out of that that situation. But I really think the narrative got a little bit twisted with, Oh, employees have all the power. You can do whatever you want. I I don't. Again, not to be disrespectful, but how do, how do, what can employees do to be better team members to 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 make themselves happier in their own situation without necessarily saying, "Well, I didn't Mm -hmm. like the I didn't like those coffee cups at my last employer. I'm (laughs) going to go I'm going to go look for something better." Because I've heard a lot of that. So I'm just really curious. How do we How do we all work together to make it the situations better?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you didn't have the right flavored Pop Tart in the kitchen. Yeah. Um I think, so I think it goes both ways. I think that there have been throughout the pandemic, we saw employers who did not stick to their values. Okay. Correct. And they did bad things. Same goes for the employee. you can't you know that blanket punishment of categorizing all employers as bad or all employees as bad that just doesn't work. I applaud you for the win win because I think that's the only way to be successful is each party has to feel like they're getting something of value out of the relationship or the partnership. so um I think for employees, my advice would be to be, to be open and be honest, to work on really understanding your strengths and honing those and understanding what you need to feel supported and ask for it. And I I think that's the best thing an employee could do is just be open, understand their strengths and
0: um, ask for the support that they need. Yeah, I like, I like that. I, I think so much of so many issues in, in the workplace and the world in general could probably be cured with just better communication. Oh
1: yeah. That's what, who said that communication, communication, communication. I don't know, but it is, (laughs) it is true.
0: It is so true. If we just tell people what we need, what we're thinking, then others don't have to assume because we all know what, you know, what happens when you assume it's so very, very true. We yeah, don't know, we don't know what that person is thinking. And we can't expect someone else to know what we're thinking. So,
1: Nancy, I have something funny. I, I probably I can be really bad at that because I have an identical twin and we can read each other's minds. And they say all the time, it's terrible. It's really hard to be married to an identical twin because they expect their spouse to read their mind. And I do it. So I'm guilty. But That's you're right. right. <laughs> and be able to talk about things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I can obviously go on to, about the workplace employer employee relationship. Oh, yeah. I mean, forever, because it's just, there's really a lot to it, but I, I want to make time to talk about your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called, uh, let's not talk about it, which mm-hmm. is dedicated to normalizing discussions of trauma and supporting mental health. Tell, mm-hmm. tell us what prompted you to start this. Um, I just want to know more about it. Yeah. So life
1: is messy. (laughs) It's just messy. And I think that there was a few things happening when we launched it. I think um, one of the things that we saw was that employees were really beginning to push back on the whole uh, leave your problems at the door because that's not realistically, that isn't what happens. You're a whole human. It's not the industrial revolution anymore, right? We have women working, managing families, careers, going to school, children that have, you know, your list, the mental load, particularly, I'm gonna speak from the perspective of a woman, the mental load, for a woman is just tremendous, like the checklist that you're running through at night and so forth. So you have all these things going on, and then you have technology that it leaves us plugged in 24-7. So the idea that you can compartmentalize on that level is just just ridiculous to me. So I felt like there was a shift happening, that employees were beginning to have more of a voice about the fact that, no, we can't just you know clock in and clock out like the Flintstones and leave our personal lives behind us. And then the other piece was, I had gotten to, I actually, you know, how, just as we met on LinkedIn, I met another woman, Camille Tootie, on LinkedIn a few years ago. She is an editor-in-chief in the technology space and really smart, fun woman. We got to be friends and we started to talk. And the more you be- develop a friendship and your friendship evolves, you you learn about each other's personal traumas. And you just say, why aren't we talking about this? Like, we need to talk more about this. Um and so there was that in the confluence of knowing what it's like to feel isolated which i don't think is unique to me but i know you know you're aware i'm a, a rare mom i have a daughter with a rare disease and the best example i can have about how powerful sharing your story is is that you can help others and so i can remember many nights awake with my daughter not having the answers, not being able to fix the pain, and feeling so isolated. And the moment I met another woman who had a child my age with the same struggle, the burden was lightened. It just felt like somebody knew who and what I was going through. And so I feel like life is, our tagline is, life is hard as F, (laughs) because it's messy. It is. So let's help support each other. Let's be realistic about it and stop hiding behind, you know, like this is the fabric. This is our DNA. This makes us who we are. This is where we get our strength. This is where we get our resilience. This is where we get our empathy. So share your stories, normalize it so we can all talk about it because so many people are suffering in silence. And so that that was a long answer. You can tell I'm passionate about it. Um, And so that's that's really what got us started.
0: I I love I love your answer actually I think um, I think that women and again we're we're on the subject of women let's talk about women I think women I think women in particular only let people certain people see certain pieces of us Mm -hmm. it's rare that we let people see all of us Mm. Um, that's at least in my experience. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about it when you were talking about finding that other mom. And I was thinking about when I've gone to my high school reunions. Mm-hmm. And I'm always attracted to the people that were like my friends in elementary school. Yeah. There's something so honest about yeah. those relationships because they knew kind of what formed you. Yeah. Uh, and I always find that interesting because I don't see those people. We always say, oh, we're going to get together again. We're going to get, oh, it was so great to see you. And then 10 years later, we'll do it again. And it's like mm-hmm. I haven't missed a beat with them. Yeah. And I, I was just thinking about how that how we don't let people see, we let them see segments of us. Yeah.
1: I think that's why like from my perspective, having my siblings is so special because they you can go back to and draw on the memories and you know the reality of of what you went through and what you did, and you can share those stories. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I have an only child, so I don't know what she's going to do in that regard. But my siblings are pretty important to me for that reason.
0: Well, my sister's my best friend as well. And I also have an only child, but so (laughs) does she. And so now they're like brothers. So it's actually, it actually worked out just fine. Worked out beautifully. It really did. did. Okay. So um, you mentioned that you're a rare mom, which is something I know about you because your child has a rare disease. Let's see if I can actually say it right. It's Sjogren's, right? You nailed it. Well done. I remember a video you did where you were explaining how to pronounce it. I'm like, <laughs> yes. it's, it's stuck in my head. So tell, oh, good. Us, tell us what that, and it's pediatric Sjogren's um, as well, yeah. so which is apparently an even rarer condition. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So pedi- pediatric Sjogren's is a rare disease. There are 300 kids diagnosed worldwide, and it is a systemic Autoimmune disease, so it affects every major organ and every system in your body. And so, children manage pain um, that's on the same level as a uh, kidney stone or childbirth, and debilitating fatigue, which a nap uh, or a good night's sleep is just not gonna not gonna fix. And so, if you were to Google Sjogren's, what you'll find is that adult version is not rare. So. If you Google Shogrinch, what you likely will come away with is, well, what's the big deal? That's kind of like an old lady disease. It's primarily diagnosed in your you know, midlife and it's hallmark symptoms are dry eyes and dry mouth. Um, and you think, what's the big deal? Well, let's just take those two. If that's all it is, if you're walking around feeling like you have sand in your eyes or you can't chew food because you have no saliva, you have to use water to chew and get food down. That's pretty horrific. Um, and so, I don't know. I I, I think um, I was surprised. I mean, because I know when my daughter was first diagnosed, that's when I went to Google and I was like, oh, well, this isn't so bad. But it just didn't parallel what I was seeing at home. And so I could go on and on about these incredible little humans and warriors that are battling this disease. Um, my daughter, I think, has been through... She's been through things that some adults haven't had to endure, and she still makes me so proud. She's an honor roll student. She still draws down straight A's. um, And there's just, I think in some ways... You can, see, you've hit on two of my passions, the whole <laughs> mental health and then pediatric chagrins. I get so excited. I think in some ways, in a weird way, maybe I was chosen for this because I have what it takes to bring the awareness. I've learned to fundraise. I've learned how to use my social media presence, and I have been able to have an impact. And so what started with me finding one other woman in Pennsylvania, we now have 180 families out of the 300 in a support group. We've raised a lot of money, and we've, actually been able to get research grants around it. And I'm, um, I'm excited about the impact we're having. And so you I want to find
0: a cure. It just gave me chills. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> thank very, you. That's very exciting. So thank you. I think what you're saying is so important. Um, and I'm, I know I, I, child should have to do, to live with that. But what, but what you're saying is a message that people need to hear. If you encounter a problem, there's somebody else out there that has the same problem. Yeah. You sure. just have to find them yeah. and you do need to find your people and you need to create those um, opportunities for support. And then once you have those people, instead of just talking about the problem, mm-hmm. you need to start talking about the solutions. Yeah. And I think that, again, I'm going to generalize this, but I think as a society, we tend to focus on a problem and mm. we beat the problem to death, but we're mm. not looking for solutions.
1: Yeah, it's easy to get caught caught in that I guess kind of circle of all the why nots it's it's easy I think that's a human thing to do but um at some point I think just a frustration level hits and it's like all right it's me (laughs) we're gonna it's it's me we're gonna find a way to 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 make some progress here um so
0: how old was your daughter when she was diagnosed
1: she was eight and she is 16 now and she's doing really well yeah
0: was it a long path to find, to, to getting a diagnosis since it's yeah. so rare for
1: her, she was on the fast track. She got diagnosed in a year. Uh, most kids really it's a ping pong match and they, I've had one child in my group group that it took nine years. To get diagnosed after several bouts with meningitis. So the disease Ugh. can affect everything. But um, I, I'll share a recent win. So last week I talked to a mom who works in a pediatrician's office and her daughter went to the pediatrician. Pediatrician had just read an article, which is the whole part of awareness. And he suspected children's, they were diagnosed in a week. And that means so much because then we can get in there with the right treatments and hopefully stave off some of the the more serious complications. So yeah, we're, we are having an impact.
0: I love it. I love it. So that ties really well into your podcast. I mean, because you're, you've had a trauma as a mother with a daughter who, or with a child who has had a disease, you've had to live, experience the trauma of your daughter going through this. And the more you share that part of yourself with the world, the more people you actually help. Yes. It comes full circle. it It really really does does. it's so hard to
1: that's why what i would share with people it's so hard to be vulnerable it's so hard to share those hard things about yourself but if you can find the courage you will find someone else that needed that in their life that day in that moment and it came right on time so be brave
0: well um as a controlling controller if you were to do a personality test on me um, uh, i have in the past, had a a tendency to hold everything in. I don't tell anybody what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. I'm just a doer and I'm a fixer and I'm going to get stuff done. And I think just through the pandemic, I was just worn down by all of that. And I was just, I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't keep it all inside anymore. And I probably scared a few people because I'm like, I just need to tell you how I'm feeling. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or you're going to combust. I mean, you just can't bottle that stuff in or manage it and be in control all of the time. Eventually things start going a little haywire and you don't start feeling your, you start not feeling yourself. And it's just, you, just, it just, I don't know, snowballs. So oh, the more I share. And
0: yeah. the more I shared, not only the better I felt, but I think I was able to help some other people as well, maybe yeah. directly or indirectly because they were like, Oh gosh, I, I've had that situation or I felt that way too. And yeah. it's okay. I'm not the only one. Yeah.
1: I, I would say I have been shocked uh, at the, P- let's not talk about a podcast and the number of people in my circle who I thought I knew everything came out and said, I'm so glad you talked about this. I struggle with this. And I'm like, just shocked yeah. that I, I'm just hearing it. So, yeah, yeah
0: I love that. I love that. All righty. So let me see. This is so fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the common theme of Sharon is yeah. actually helping people. I mean, you're clearly, you, as you identified in the very beginning, you're a, a very empathetic person. You care about others deeply, and you want everybody to have the best experience that they can. So what is one piece of advice you can give our audience to help p- help remind people people? to keep people first, to remember that everyone's a person, they're not a transaction, they're not a means to an end. But we need to remember that people are just people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I just go back to work on on that empathy. Because I think, I, I used to think empathy was innate. No, you can learn empathy. And I think if you ask yourself, just, put yourself in someone else's shoes. What would you want? What would your plan be? How would something make you feel? Um, give grace, be kind, assume good intent and, um, and listen. I think probably the biggest thing is just listen. Um, people feel important when they f- feel heard. So just listen and and do the right thing. Like,
0: yeah. Um. <laughs> You're getting some lovely comments. Uh, Oh, I'm not even seeing, but thank you. That's okay. That's okay. Um, So, again, I think people over everything. Put people first. I think that people are not a means to an end, and I think that if you keep that in mind, you can still make hard decisions, whether it's as an employee or as an employer, and be kind in the process. Yeah. I yeah.
1: I mean, I'm going to just jump on one little more piece of that, and that's from the employer perspective. I'll tell you, the the bond that I have with the one manager and leader who is now a longtime friend, even through a layoff, a longtime friend, was because he listened, uh, and he said when my daughter was going through the struggles, he gave me the permission. He was human. Don't worry about email. Don't worry about voicemail. You need to be with your daughter. I've got your back. And so if you want a retention strategy as an employer, it's all about listening and being human and
0: doing and saying yes, when you can. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. hundred yeah. percent. Okay. So are you ready? She's so like, am I ready for what? <laughs> nope, <Okay>. what? <laughs> yeah. No. So I always like to close out my podcast with my five burning questions. A couple of them are always the same. And then I always tailor a couple of them for my guests. So First okay. one never first one never changes because it just ties into the whole podcast
1: which yes. is
0: what is your favorite food in the world and can you cook it
1: cookies cookies oh my gosh especially this time of year and i can make any kind of cookie i love cookies
0: so have <laughs> like you have you already baked some christmas cookies
1: no it's going to be this weekend and i'm making some bourbon pecan shortbread cookies that i cannot oh, wait
0: for those sound delicious well That's we're so having amazing. i'm meeting a couple girlfriends tonight and we're making um gingerbread, sh- ginger, gingerbread Ooh. biscotti. I had to remember what we were doing. Ooh, that'll be good with some tea. Yeah, so we're gonna do a little gift back. So um, we do that We do that once a year, and or obviously. We don't that. do it in the middle of summer. We do it at the holiday season for, for gifts. <laughs> I, I love to bake too. That's All awesome. Right. So what is the one character trait you admire most in other people and why?
1: Um, I like charismatic people. That have a that are good communicators. Some people just have such a talent around communicating that everyone feels heard, and they also, at the same time, are able to be very clear in what they want. And so I I really admire that, and I I strive to. I, I when I meet people like that, I'm always in awe. Like, gosh, I wish I could communicate like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so. that is a wonderful quality. Well, mm-hmm. if I were to turn the mirror on you, what is the quality? Or the characteristic in yourself that you're most proud of, and why? Uh
1: I, I think probably uh empathy and loyalty. I know I, I never, I can't ever narrow it down to one. Empathy that's and loyalty. Okay. I'm so empathetic to to what's going on with people, and I'm so loyal. I honor my commitments. I I don't let if I commit, I don't let you down. And I think that's. Kind of rare in my
0: experience. <laughs> I would I would agree with you. I do think it's rare, and again, I think I think it's something that has gotten lost in the last ten years or so. It used to be a big deal, yeah. and now it just seems to be a little bit transient. So I appreciate yeah. your loyalty as well. That's an awesome quality. Oh, All right. So um, I couldn't ask you the animal question because that one was just way too obvious. So <laughs> so <laughs> so, so 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 if you could own any vehicle can be any type of transportation in the world. Oh, gosh. What would it be?
1: So I'm not really a car person. So okay. um, I'm, I'm more of a plant person. Like, if I could pick any plant, it would be an oak leaf hydrangea. Like, I'm really focused on getting that planted soon. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think if it was a car, I'm going to sound like such a nerd. You don't
0: have to be a car.
1: Okay. In any form of
0: transportation. You could be a car, you could be a boat, you could be a motorcycle. Well, I want to you know, it's not, it's, it's not that you can be, it. you can <laughs> have it. If you just magically, you just, you know, rub that go magic on. bottle, what would show up in your driveway?
1: I want a self-driving vehicle, whatever, transformer of transportation that I can fly in, I can maneuver where, wherever I want to go. And I want it to have a quiet cabin. That is, I know that sounds real sexy, but I want the cabin to be quiet. I hate road road noise.
0: I love that, see? It's a, it's a wide open question and it tells us a lot about, it tells us a lot about you. Hashtag nerd alert. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Okay. So what is your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? Where do you know you have an identical twin? So you can't use that one.
1: I can still do the splits.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) That That is seriously.
1: I can still do the splits on both legs. I've kept my being limber. Were you a gymnast? No, I just have always been flexible. And now, like as I'm getting older, dare I say, I really want to maintain my flexibility. So I can still do the splits. That's that's kind of top secret. (laughs) I don't think you could do the
0: splits when I was seven. So that's very impressive.
1: I well, okay. I'll go back to I'm one thing I haven't talked about is how competitive I am. And I can remember like eight years old as a majorette, there was a competition. Whoever could get into the splits first, got this gigantic candy cane. I don't really even like candy canes, but I had to win. So of from course. then on, I can do the splits.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> um, OK, so last question. Who is the one person that you've connected with on LinkedIn or maybe you follow a podcast that you would most enjoy meeting in real life, sitting down, having a cup of coffee coffee, and a deep conversation with?
1: Uh, Claude Silver with Vayner Media, the Chief Heart Officer Everything she posts just resonates so much with me. And I would and I, I can't wait to see what she does and how she transforms business with her thought process and her methods. And I would love to meet her. I think she's amazing.
0: That is a absolutely wonderful suggestion. I love it when people suggest things. I know who it is. It's not somebody I follow and I need to do that. So
1: yeah. Uh-
0: It's always great content for me. So um, if people want to know more about um, your consulting practice, or maybe they want to know more about the pediatric Sjogren's, what would be the best way for them to contact you?
1: Well, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm always on LinkedIn every day. So send me a message there, Sharon Tiger on LinkedIn. I have a website, SharonTiger.com. And yeah, that's, and if you want to know about Shogrins, you can go to showgrins.org and there's a whole pediatric section, which is new this year. So if you're a parent and you suspect your kid might have Sjogren's, go to showgrins.org, but you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll give you the 411.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. It's been uh, fun and informative and we appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.